0: Ooh, wow.
1: Welcome back to Shannon's Lumber Industry Update. This is episode nine, and I've got some special guests this time. I recently took a vacation to Michigan to do some fly fishing and do a little bit of mountain biking, and I figured while I was in the Upper Peninsula, I might as well go visit Bell Forest Lumber. Bell Forest, if you don't know, you must be hiding under a rock because they are probably the premier online retailer of lumber. I got a chance to check out their facility and sit down with Boone Bell and his right-hand man, Eric. These are the guys that basically you're talking to when you call there for customer service. It was a really, really great conversation. And I want to thank both Boone and Eric for their hospitality and the time they took with me. It certainly is a busy place. So that, uh, that hospitality is very much appreciated. Let's get to the interview, shall we? I'm here with Boone and Eric of Belforest Products, and just happen to be in the neighborhood, you know, as one just happens to stumble into the Upper Peninsula and find your way into Ishpeming, Michigan. Did I say that right? That's Ishpeming. Right. All right, I'm a local now. You guys have become kind of, I'd like to say a big deal in in the online retail lumber business. I talk to um, like my own hand tool school students. I talk to people who call in to me at the lumber yard saying, where do I buy lumber online? And I'm constantly saying Bell Forest is the place to go. And, you know, maybe one or two other companies come up, but they keep coming back to Bell Forest. And what I'm constantly hearing is, Great selection, great quality material, great customer service. So listeners can't hear this because um, we're, we're, we're here in the facility now. And it's not like this ginormous building. You know, of course, there's lumber right when you walk in and there's, you know, a staff of people walking around. But it's kind of you two guys running a lot of the customer service end of things. Can you let's back up a little bit can you can you give me kind of an origin story when would you when was Belforce first bitten by the radioactive spider when did you get your powers for retail lumber
2: um, the Belforce actually kind of started by accident back in the early 2000s um, my father and I you know we're basically working in his shop he's been a, he was always a, a lifelong woodworker um, and he was having he was frustrated with the difficulty of sourcing local domestic hardwoods like we're in the heart of maple and birds eye country up here and and there was nowhere to buy lumber so he decided to buy a small portable sawmill and just harvest trees off his own property and saw his own lumber um, and and so I was helping him out with that and you know we 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 did some custom sawing we we bought some logs and and cut lumber for him and um and just kind of found out that there was a a market you know just like he was looking for that there was an outlet for you know us to sell some some lumber and it basically started with figured woods with bird's eye and curly maple um, and you know we we just kind of took it from there and slowly. Ramped up until we had a a fairly modest full-scale sawmill Mm -hmm. um, for for high-grade hardwoods, primarily maple. And were you already selling online at that point? No, um, we we ran the sawmill for a few years, um, and we had developed a decent customer base for um, figured. Blanks, so we were cutting bird's eye cutting them into specific sizes primarily for the pool cue industry mm-hmm. And so we had a, a pretty good customer base for that. I mean for having two employees or zero employees or however you want to look at it, you know right. what I mean? um, And and so we started generating all of these boards and off cuts and Stock that didn't fall into the our one market that we had so we started s- trying to sell them on eBay and found that at, at that point i' don't, i don 't remember anyone else selling lumber on eBay back then. I could be wrong, but there, there, if anyone was selling it, it was you know very scarce um, it, it was like you guys
1: right I remember that it was somebody who owned a sawmill right. and had these random odd shaped pieces right and, 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 and what, I bought a lot of
2: it <laughs> what happened was we ended up getting better prices for the the offcuts than we were for the the product that we were trying to market and sell to our you know this 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 pool cue market. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we just kind of ran with that and we pushed eBay and we started selling on there and and it it just kind of took off. You know we opened a an eBay store and and, and that was kind of our break into the. The retail market,
1: right? That's it. That sounds about right. Yeah, it's kind of the perfect timing yeah. in, in that respect because eBay was a, a launch point for a lot of small businesses that provided that infrastructure, and then eventually you kind of say, "All right." let 's start our own site and, and go from there it 's interesting though because um, i I was uh, talking to Eric earlier. I ran a, a small online retail division of the McElvain Lumber company called Hardwood to Go for a while. We ended up shutting it down. Frankly, because it just didn 't mesh with our business model it 's too hard to run a wholesale lumber yard with forklifts and trucks running and bundles of lumber by the thousand board feet and then this one little tiny corner of the of the yard with boards you know being sold by the board and It, it, it was such a difficult it was a lot of work to get that going to to list every single board individually take photographs at the front and back because again the customer was you know, guys like me, weekend woodworkers, that were selecting every single board and they had to have that perfect thing. And especially when you're talking about figured lumber, you know, they're looking for you know the the AAA grade yeah, very luthier specific. quality type stuff, and they want to see both sides of, of the board and how thick is it and what are the exact dimensions. It wasn't acceptable anymore to just say it's six quarter, right? Because a lot of the customers didn't know what that meant, right? Some of them came to know, but then that's inch and finish
2: that inch and a half is six quarter. Around.
1: Exactly, yeah. And then there was the other aspect of, well, what is, I know what six-quarter is, is rough lumber, but what does your six-quarter mean? Because some <laughs> people, you know, it's plump, some of it's scant, and, and getting these questions coming in over the internet from far-flung reaches of just this, you know, country, really. I can't even say North America because shipping to Canada is kind of cost-prohibitive. Um, but being able to kind of shift gears, and, and, and deal with all those questions, but then what you're saying is, is absolutely right. The price was quite a bit higher because now we were dealing with the individuals who just needed that one board and, you know, for them, whatever it was, the extra $5 on the margin really meant nothing because this was going to be the heirloom chest that was given to his daughter for, you know, whatever. And right. it, it
2: totally changes the game. Yeah. Like, what's the alternative? You know, how, what, what are your other options for getting <laughs> right. that specific piece of wood? you go dig through piles at a large lumber company or, you yeah. know, I mean, so it's uh, a small price to pay to
1: get what you want. Especially the figured stuff, because yeah. in, in my business, figured is a defect. Um, All the millwork houses and all of the guys running flooring and who want crown and and things like that, you know, bird's eye, that's called a tear out nightmare (laughs) through through a six head molder. So all of the when the the material comes down to my yard, it's it's very different. It's it's FAS straight grained, you know, well, FAS on the low end. You know, for the millwork industry, FAS is not even close, you know, the the 80 percent clear and a six by eight board with with smaller clear cutting sizes won't fly i need a 15 foot 100 percent clear board to run that crown that's the stuff that we see when the figure comes through we actually submit claims and send it back <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a very very different world right. you know um and it, maybe some of it ends up up here no i don't know um, yeah, possible so today um you made it because you've got both domestics and exotics now. Yeah. Um, any idea, your percentage breakdown? How much is domestic and how much is exotic?
0: Oh boy, Eric, it's pretty hard to. <laughs> we, we do so many, like a lot of turning stock and lumber and then different oh, thicknesses. Good point. So like, we have, like, board footage wise, it's probably. That's got to be pretty close to that be pretty split, close. Right? I ran mean, 50-50, Maybe like right? 60-40. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which way? And probably 60-40, I'd say domestic. Yeah. I would, Just, I would think so. Yeah. Because you
1: you still have some strong, you still have a strong skin in the game on the maple side of things, mm-hmm. at least, yeah. you know, when I've looked over your website, still, and there's still a lot of that core figured maple. Yeah. Is,
2: is that all coming locally? Yep. Yep. All of our birdseye maple, curly maple, that's all locally sourced. Because I've run into the
1: same situation where, um, say, British Columbia, where all the Douglas fir comes from. Locally, they can't get Douglas fir because it's all being shipped somewhere else. And I've got guys who call me from B.C. going, I need Douglas fir. And they're calling me in Maryland. I'm going you're in British Columbia it's like I know I see the trucks drive by me every day but they don't stop at my house
2: we you know? run into that with customers in other countries where Really, they're ordering Ebony from us and we're shipping it to Africa I mean I don't know if that's An accurate example, but that's what we're we're dealing with.
0: That's
1: just a regulation import (laughs) nightmare, right there. (laughs) The amount of paperwork required in that, and and wow, yeah, that's also a Lacey Act red flag too. You're shipping where, but it came from there. (laughs) Yeah, you don't get too many leads building points when it crosses the Atlantic and then crosses back across the Atlantic. That's that's a little tough. So today, it's still primarily retail. or 100% retail, is there a commercial aspect? Do you guys,
2: are you selling to contractors and builders? Yeah, I mean, locally, um, we sell far more domestic lumber than exotic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have, of course, hobby woodworkers that are in the in the area that come in and they buy our cutoffs or, you know, they shop for bull, bull blanks or exotic mm-hmm. woods, but you know local contractors and cabinet shops and that sort of thing we do a a fair amount. I mean, it, you know, it's it's nowhere near what we do you know retail through the website. Mm-hmm. But it's a a pretty big chunk. So, and we do wholesale not just locally, but we'll you know we don't do a lot of wholesale, but we we do
1: some It's, it's interesting cuz I'm starting to wonder if wholesale is dead. Like the whole concept seems to have fallen apart with the Internet. You know, now everybody can reach everybody and you don't have to have this kind of set distribution channel where you talk to your guy and then he calls his guy. And then eventually you end up with the material. And every step of the way, everybody's taking the little piece of the pie. Um, I know that, you know, my phone rings from, you know, Susie Q homeowner who is looking for a couple of pieces of, of Something um, and Googled it and, and found us. You know Google is the great equalizer that has now found. Every, it made everybody, supposedly everyone findable. We all know that there's tricks to that game to getting found the magic of SEO and such. but I, I've started to see the, the margins of you know the wholesale price and the retail price. while they haven't met, they've started to get a little bit
2: closer. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, our margins on, you know, lumber, if we sell it just as lumber without, you know, sorting it for something, whether it be figure size or thickness or, you know, the, the margins are, are, they're tight. Oh yeah. Um, and, and that's part of the reason we got out of the sawmill industry is, those margins, you know, we kind of we did the, the opposite of what you did at McElvain where you shut down the retail side and, and just stuck with the wholesale. We we're we we're having trouble on the, the wholesale side, and so we just shut that down and went full retail. Sure. And um, and and so yeah, absolutely. I mean, the our, our margins. I mean, Eric, you deal more with you know the purchasing and and all that, but you know i mean we, we we're seeing that more and more you know where right. the 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 wholesale the wholesalers are accessible to our customers, basically, you know, so we have to be really competitive and
1: yeah, it becomes this difficult thing where now what used to be a customer now you're selling to your customers' customers and lots of people getting upset and phones ringing. There's and a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 tough, but you know, what do, what do you say? Hey, they called me. You know, they found my website. They called me. They're they're basically shoving money in my face, saying, "Take my money." What right. do you want me to do? Walk away from that? I've had to have a lot of difficult conversations with customers that we've been doing business with for 80 years and you know, you want to say look we still want to do business to you but at the same time you used to buy in, in my world you used to buy three truckloads a month now you buy like a quarter truckload and the just in time model has really taken over where nobody's maintaining inventory anymore yeah. but they've got a customer that comes to them who wants to you know, build a deck okay well we don't stock that but we call our guy and, and you know Amazon gets it to you right away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly there's 2500 linear feet of ePay that was just dropped via drone, you know, at right. your place in the Hamptons and <laughs> we're getting there. We we might be there soon, but it's it's interesting how the customer base and the wholesale model just seems to have kind of disappeared. You said something earlier about you got Away from the sawmill business and and, and more into just buying and, and, and selling boards. I'm curious. Today, um, you told me earlier before we started recording that you guys do still have a sawmill. Is it the original sawmill? Like the?
2: Uh, it is not the original portable wood miser that okay. we started with. Um, it's a our, our sawmill. I mean, it's a it's a full scale. Medium-sized sawmill, I guess, and it's capable of about ten thousand board feet a day. Um, mm-hmm. It's a Woodmizer three hundred um, stationary head saw for primary breakdown, and then a, a resaw with a go-around mm-hmm. um, edger um, and trim saw. You know, so uh, we seldom use it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's that's what I was
1: thinking. When you do use it, why? what's special about is it a special log or or custom sawing essentially it's
2: yeah no so we don't do any custom sawing the 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 only thing that we saw anymore for the most part is our figured our 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 thicker figured woods so our eight quarter Mm -hmm. birds or eight quarter curly maple um we'll occasionally do a run of quarter sawn hard maple or some specialty run like that but um so we're we're Pretty much just cutting our thick, figured our local woods. Okay, kind of where we started. Mm-hmm. That um, makes sense. Yeah, a- 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 nothing else makes sense to saw ourselves really with with you know the generation with, with generating all of the lower grade material and having to deal with the uh, right you know uh, the the scrap and the it's just not. No, it doesn't make sense.
1: For for our our viewers that don't know, what would you say would be waste out of a log? If you saw a log, and, and say you, you've done a good job and you've picked a good log, you know, um what what are we talking about here? Waste versus usable.
2: I mean um, I, I I figure when when I'm when I'm buying a bird's eye log or a curly maple log, if it's a good log with a small heart, I figure fifty percent. Yeah. I you know, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's it less. Um but that's that's kinda what I what I base it on.
1: And that other fifty percent is any of it usable? I mean
2: potentially bowl blanks or Well, no, I mean bowl blanks would be you know something that we would that would be the good stuff, you know. I uh, mean fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um so you know, I mean it would be yeah, <laughs> yeah right. You know, possibly, um, but then you get into how much labor is it going to take to extract the pen blank? Out
1: of <laughs> right. it's a hoarding problem because now you've got just right. stashes of pen blank. Yeah. Well, and actually, you know, I was kind of joking, but now that I think about it, pin blanks almost don't work because you need more figure over such a small real estate. Exactly. You need tighter packed figure to make that work. So you end up with just... Trash, really. I mean there's really nothing that can be done with it. Yeah, so. firewood.
0: Yeah, firewood. Mean, you don't even you don't even saw and put it in the kiln. Yeah. It's just Use it, use it to use it to fire the kiln <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
2: so that 's my other question. Do you guys do your own drying here um, We do um, and, and that material that we cut that figured thick figured wood that 's the only thing that we dry okay,
1: so everything else that you stock uh, is coming in from a mill more than likely, direct from a mill or maybe some other Maybe somebody like myself
2: yeah a sawmill or an importer if it's on the if it's on the exotic side mm-hmm. um, um a you know concentration yard that sort of thing right a, a, a wholesaler and you guys aren't importing directly are you uh very little i mean okay. I, you know a, a couple of specialty items here and there um but
0: for the most part no okay we leave that to the experts in the it's okay. importing it's difficult because we do over 100 different species so it's we're not going to buy a container of paduke or something it's yeah. That you know, like we're doing a little bit of everything, so it's hard to justify getting into that. So how do you how does that work
1: um, again? I, I don't want to throw away trade secrets here or anything, but because um, that was that was one of my thoughts is um, the company I work for does import directly, um, and the reason we do that is because we are buying container loads at, at a time, but we really have a core of about eleven species. And and you know maybe three times that much, kind of on the outlier. But we're really focusing on on those eleven species. You know, how do guys, how do you guys do that when you're buying so many different species?
0: It is tricky. We we have we have several different vendors that we work with that mm-hmm. you know we've come to we've had expectations over the years, and we know what they're going to supply. And if um, if we have problems. Then they go good for it, that's but good. it's it's basically trial and error when you, when you start doing something like that, or right. you get a couple bad loads of Hadoop from one vendor, and you realize that maybe they're not drying it properly or something, and you just kind of switch. Yep. And um, still fifteen <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: percent, European standard. Nobody redried it,
0: yeah. Right, yeah. That that's I mean that is a huge challenge when something like that happens. Luckily, we have a facility where we can throw in a kiln and finish it off, but right. we typically don't do that. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it adds a lot of
1: labor, turn time, and cost when you've already... You bought it with this expectation, and now I'm throwing a bunch of other stuff on there. Yeah, it's right. that's, that's a little tough. So, how many species did you say
0: that you guys have? We do over 100. Wow. I mean, it's... It's an organizational nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, when you count, like, all the different sizes, like, the, you know, like, some certain species, we might only have pen blanks, or we might have a particular size of turning stock, and then other species, we might have a whole bunch of different turning stock and four different thicknesses of lumber. Mm -hmm. So, some of them, like walnut, for instance, we might have 20 different stock sizes turning blanks, and then... uh, four-quarter, five-quarter, eight-quarter, 12-quarter, longer. But, uh, like, Mopani, an African wood, you yeah. only have pen lengths, and, uh, no inch and a half square by twelve turning blank. So right. So it's not like we have a huge inventory of
2: over a hundred different species.
1: You know. Yeah, that actually, yeah, that does kind of simplify it a little bit. You know, instead of
0: a little of, bit, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> still, yeah. Well,
1: because you're getting closer to the end product, closer to the customer and the specific use. Yep. So as you're you're buying these materials and specifically thinking some of the exotics and such. Are they already here in country or are they somewhere in far flung reaches of the world when almost all of it's in country
0: Okay so oh, it's it so much easier Yeah it does and and we we either buy like like you were saying lumber like boards and mm-hmm. then cut it up into our sizes which we can do here Right or a lot of the stuff actually gets cut it'll get cut to size in the country of origin and then mm-hmm. imported, and then we buy the specific sizes.
1: So that begs an interesting question: as you're as you're purchasing, um, especially because the materials hard already, already here in country, which means all of the regulations and stuff has been passed, and, and uh, Lacey's not breathing down anybody's neck at this point. How do you guys make sure? This is one of the first questions that I get from everybody. Right. How do you guys make sure that you're buying stuff that's legit? That is legal and is coming from sustainable sources. And sure. What does Bell Forest do to, to quote the U.S. Lacey Act? What does your due diligence look like to right. make sure that
0: we're all doing the right thing? So, we don't, we don't get Lacey Act paperwork for every single shipment. I mean, no. Like I was saying earlier, we have very specific vendors that we work with that we've been working with for years. So, mm-hmm. we do check with them from time to time. Mm-hmm. Especially if you Know if we're exporting it, re exporting it, we need a uh, certificate of origin, um, Lacey Act, sometimes CITES. Um, it does re export, well, yeah. We don't re export CITES because that's just too much. It's not, don't do that, it's not <laughs> don't worth, don't worth, worth it's, it. It's not worth it. <laughs> not worth it. Uh, the, the main thing is you know, just making sure all the paperwork's in order, mm-hmm. um, USDA phytosanitary certificates. Mm-hmm. Just different, but different for the for the mean, most part, we
2: rely on you know our our suppliers you know we take you know not that we just take their word for it, but you know they're they're trusted suppliers they're right. not just some guy that sent <laughs> us an email and said hey i've got a, <laughs> selling cokeable you know, coke out of the trunk of his car right, Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. um you know we we absolutely do our best to make sure that everything was you know responsibly
0: sourced and, um, and there are vendors that we have visited in the past you know and like looked at what they do and how they operate and, and spoken with them or right. you know speak with them on a consistent basis and just how how's everything going and so you know
1: you yeah know. I, I think I think that's key because I do think that there is this perception that there's this piece of paper for every single board that passes and it's kind of like in any business you, you you know you go to your mechanic why did you go there well because somebody referred me to him or I've been going to that guy for decades you know I just know his work is good do you go and make sure that his I don't even know what his certifications are in order are you a certified Toyota master you right. know well now I just bought a Ford or, then let me check your school you know your paperwork and nobody does that because you, you've been doing business with this guy for years and and actually, when you look at like the Lacey Act, that that counts. That's legit. You did your due diligence. Due diligence can be I've done business with this company for four years, 10 years, whatever. They've always you know, we we, we visited them once. Um, maybe we visited them twice. We've looked at how they do their their stuff. They, they've shown us chain of custody. That's enough um, that that is enough to make that now legitimate in the eyes of, of Lacey. Although it's vaguely worded enough that I suppose if, you know, the U.S. government wanted to go after somebody bad enough, they could, yeah, it could be you know. Interpreted. I, I think that that's, that's key because there is kind of this idea that we all have line of sight back to a stump. Mm-hmm. Somebody maybe somewhere eventually does, um, especially if the lumber, is, if you're buying it from overseas, there does need to be a chain of custody to that. But once it's here in the country... That stuff should have happened. And and say you were looking for a brand new supplier, then you do a little bit more digging. But, you know, I think it's great. It it still comes down to establishing trust and a working relationship with these these companies. So the because I get this question a lot from Joe Woodworker. How do I know that what I'm getting is legit? And what, what would you say, you know, when, when somebody comes in here and says, how do I know this stuff is good?
0: But we, we understand it. You know, yeah. we, we basically, I mean, at this point, you just have to tell them to trust us. Yeah. We, we have a presence. We've been here for years. We, we have these suppliers that we trust. And these are the, the companies that we deal with aren't just fly by night. No, they're right. not. They're, they're reputable, state, reputable They've been yeah. doing it for years. Uh, we you know, they they work with these sawmills in other countries. They tell us stories about it and we hear you know and, and there is paperwork available when you yeah. need it. They well the fact is
1: it. if it's already if the stuff you're buying is already here in country. All of those checks and balances have already happened. Right. I mean, from a legal
2: standpoint, but that's not you know it, it's not that's not what we're. I mean, we're concerned with the legality of it, sure. but we're not just going to say, "Well, I don't care who we buy." It, it's, it's not them.
1: my and, problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. And, you know.
2: It, sure. You know, that, so I mean, it, it is important, and you know, if we ever do take on new suppliers and stuff, we we absolutely you know check you know they have to see paperwork and and know and get to know these people and, and right. try to build a trust and just like our customers. Have to trust us that you know that we did source this material responsibly, or, or you know down the down the line. So. Sure. And and this brings me to my next point. I don't
1: want to belabor the whole legality thing. I think the the important thing is trust us. I think that's a that's a pretty good way of looking at it. As retail consumers in the U.S., we can feel pretty safe that the material that we're buying has been vetted along the way and right. we, can, we can feel comfortable there.
0: And the U.S. Fish and Wildlife even, they, they've reached out to us in the past about different species where they'll they'll purchase uh, samples of species that recently went on the CITES mm-hmm. and they, so they have them in, in their records where they can inspect wood that comes in. So they have a reference for that. Hmm. So the U.S. Fish and Wildlife they do inspect stuff like they they inspect oh, yeah. the shipments that come in and so they know it's not like they're it's not a threat they actually <laughs> do it <laughs> right right well but you brought up um
1: fido um sanitary certificates and things um right. do you guys ship to canada yes it's just right there it's it right across there. the street right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right it's not that big of a deal to ship I to canada there a water in the middle, but that's it. <laughs> just a little yeah. bit of water yeah. some superior or something but um so that, because not everyone really know, we're, we're lumber insider conversation here right now, but phytosanitary certificates, if we're shipping out of the country, have to be procured. Phyto um, as in, not F-I-D-O, but P-H-Y-T-O. Um, it, it, it ensures that the lumber has been inspected by fish and wildlife, that it's verified that what's being shipped is what's being shipped, that it's kiln dried, that all of the stuff that could cause spread of bugs and things like that has, has occurred, and now there is a certificate that says it passes and it can move on that is actually a person you guys actually have a guy that comes out right a local fish and wildlife guy comes out inspects pay a little fee um, for that inspection and then it can be shipped out and that certificate goes with it so there is yet another kind of line of control if you will. The, the fact that we're now having specific products, you've got pin blanks on your shelves and bowl blanks on your shelves and pool cues and boards. How much of the boards that you guys deal with is rough lumber? How much of it is actually surfaced?
0: Probably it's not half and half. The rough is, is less, but Mm -hmm. a lot of the exotics are roughs on. Um, some of them are surfaced, depending on what it is or where it comes from. But almost all the exotics are rough. Okay. And then most, like the all the four quarter domestics are surfaced. Most, almost all of them are surfaced. And then we, we usually prefer, the stuff is rough. On the, especially on the
2: exotics, we prefer rough material because we we process so much of that material into stock sizes. So if we're trying to cut two by twos out of eight
0: quarter lumber that's already skip plan an inch and 15
2: 16
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. so much room. <laughs> it's even worse yeah that and it eats your blades alive depending on what it is oh I'm curious because I can remember not that long ago going to a retail lumber yard just pick a retail lumber yard anywhere in the country and it would be a lot of of rough sawn lumber across the board today I feel like there's more and more surface material at least S2S the point where my customers might, when the retail folks come to us, they totally don't know what four-quarter means or, or any, any of that terminology. And you say S4 whatever, S2, and they, they, you, you lose them. So there's a lot of explanation going on. They're used to that, call it what you will, Home Depot model. Mm-hmm. You know, here is a board, and you look now, remember Home Depot and those got sued because they were calling it one by one four, four, and it's not <laughs> one by four. And it now actually says in, like, parentheses next to it, three-quarter by three and a half asterisks, you know, fine print, maybe not even three and a half, you know? Um, so is is that same trend happening where, especially because you're selling online, um, is it all surfaced when it goes out online?
2: Um... I mean, when when they're buying it directly through the website, not necessarily when we're shipping I mean, if, if we get an order, if we get an email order or somebody calls and they're, and they're looking for four-quarter lumber, then maybe not. But for the most part, to our retail, more like hobby customers, yes, that's what they expect. Um, surfaced. Yeah. Okay. Surfaced. And, and Interesting. You know, going back to what you were saying uh, about your customers, your, your walk-in customers asking, um, you know, assuming that everything is surface. It, it, we, we see that all the time. People come in and, and they say, oh, I'm looking for some maple. Like you you want four quarter maple? No, I want three quarter maple. You know, I mean, the, yeah. they, they don't, it's, they, you know, they don't understand or, or that's just not what they're used to, you know? And, and, you know, for our walk-in purposes, we, we keep our, we keep most of our four-quarter lumber at surface at 15, 16, just to give the, uh, you know, if somebody needs it down to three-quarter, then we can do that. But right. If, you know, we can't make it thicker. So we don't want to just have three-quarter, you know, everything S4S. If, you know, some people like to do their own planing; they want to flatten their right. material themselves or, you know, so, but yeah, when we, I mean, the vast majority of the lumber that we're shipping out, you know, that was ordered through our website is, is surfaced interesting in to, to you know to varying degrees I mean it might be a 13 sixteens with one straight edge or it could be s4s to 3 quarter thinner you know but right um, not a lot of just straight rough stock
1: okay that that jives with with what I'm seeing I think that that there is just a, again the internet has been the equalizer whereas you know maybe they didn't have access to that wholesaler before now everybody has access to everybody and we as an industry have to kind of stop using our weird obscure terminology <laughs> because no one else understands it and four quarter, don't even get me started on the board foot thing <laughs> oh, oh yeah,
2: I, three I quarter
1: right, <laughs> I have a personal theory that board footage as a measurement volume will actually go away probably in the next decade just because less and less people use it Yeah,
2: I mean it, it can be very confusing with the, with the conversion of board footage and, and you know, especially the thicker lumber—five quarter, six quarter, eight quarter. Right. You know, I mean, we, we do a lot of um, edu- educating our customers. You know, I mean, it's sure—it's it's constant. But I think that's where the good customer
1: service feedback I hear comes from because I've I heard that story many times. I didn't know what I was looking for, you know, and I, I've specifically heard Eric really like pointing me in the right direction. I ended up with yeah. a great piece, um, so that that's great. I think that's part of the job, right? You know, go into. Any store where you're looking to buy something and, you know, hopefully there's a salesman there. Yeah, Yeah. it is interesting,
2: though. You know, uh, uh, most of the time, if you call Bell Forest, one of us is probably going to answer the phone, you know, and, and, you know, I don't think people are are really used to that, but it allows us to really give the best customer service that we can. We have full control (laughs) over, you know... It, over our our, our customer um, base nice. that way, so and and you know, I, w- I was gonna mention our our handpick your board section on our website. You know, when you talk about thicknesses and and people, um, you know, that's the beauty of that option on our on our site. It allows people who aren't necessarily woodworkers to to be woodworkers without having the tools to plane or join a board or, or, or that so if they want to build something you know they can they can browse through and and you know pick the size that they want the species and, and all that and it's really that's been a really great thing for us and for our customers and, and people just love it. Yeah, but it's it's a ton of work.
1: I I mean, it's it's insane.
2: I can only imagine how the the management and the the production and the I mean and the yeah.
1: Just just the, the website, keeping everything up to date, um, because every I mean every time you sell a board, it disappears, right? right. So you got to put another one back in its place, which is um, you brought up earlier. And if you're buying directly the website, or if you're calling in, um, certainly you want to drive people to the website. You want to drive the 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 interaction through the website. Not that you're you know don't want to talk to customers, but how much of your material is it all on the website? I wouldn't think so. No,
2: not. No, it's, it's not.
1: So, I guess the real question is as a customer of Bell Forest, should I pick up the phone and call? Um, is it easier to, if, if I'm looking for something specific to pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, I don't see it on the website? Is it possible to get it
0: elsewhere or? For is, convenience, probably the website is definitely the first place to start. So. Right because we're only here eight to five Monday through Friday so right. you can only reach us then but if you're at home on the weekend sitting in your underwear drinking coffee you can browse boards on the website or and if you
2: can find what you're looking for on the website in terms of a hand a picked board or you know if you're looking for a piece of Purple Heart there's and there's a board on it that will work for you mm-hmm. We can offer that at a much better price than if, if you call us and say, listen, I need a piece of Purple Heart that's nine and three-eighths an inch wide, and, you know, 38 inches long, and I need a surface down the, you know, so because mm-hmm. that's a total custom order. So sure. that, that we're out sorting through a pile and we're on board and we're going to go process it. So, Basically, everything that I would do
1: when I go to the lumberyard, all the sorting through the stacks, you guys are now doing it for me, in other right. words. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's important that people understand that because well not to be cliche but time is money you know this stuff factors in um yeah that's a really and that's
2: big why we try to keep that part of the website stocked up as as best we can because it's a, it's convenient for our customers to just be able they don't have to call it they don't have to email and they don't have to find out get a quote on something or, or go through all that they can go they can add it to their cart check the shipping and decide if you know that's going to work for them
1: so it's the amazon way we love it we love it which brings up the the point when i kind of polled my listeners and talked to some of my local folks and said what questions do you have they all want to know how the hell you work the shipping thing like you can go and buy a board and add it to cart and and i've bought several boards and you often have some free shipping deals and things and how is that even possible? Because lumber's heavy and it's big and you know, dimensionally big, and UPS will rake you over the coals if you're longer than whatever their girth measurement is. You know, suddenly it's sixty bucks on top of it. You know, if you if you exceed the girth measurement by a fraction of an inch, or the length by I think it's eight feet now, maybe it's nine feet. feet, the, the, feet. You know, so if you if you ship ninety seven inches, there's like an additional sixty dollar surcharge on there. Yeah, it's ridiculous. 100 dollars, yeah. So how like every time I've bought something, every time I've I've added stuff to the cart and maybe not checked out, but, um, you know, (laughs) I, I'm, I'm just amazed by the, the shipping costs and how you guys are able to make it so affordable. Is there magic there that,
2: (laughs) I mean, I, you know, we, we negotiate with the shipping companies and, you know, to, I mean, shipping is one of the biggest obstacles that we see being where we're located and, and just the whole you know, that, that aspect of our business, we're shipping 95% of everything that we sell. Um, so it's very important. And so, yeah, we, we negotiate the best rates that we can possibly get. We, we try to negotiate the over length fees down and, um, you know, we're, we're aware of the impact that free and discounted shipping has on, you know, uh, on, on our customers. I mean, yeah. people want to, they want free shipping, they want low shipping costs, and, and we understand that, and so we try to pass on as much as we can to our customers. Um, the fact that
1: 95% of what you sell is shipped probably helps, though. It does. I mean, the volume, so that that's how you
0: can negotiate. It's a good you. bargaining
1: chip, yeah. Yeah, so there's a, That's actually a, There's a good reason to buy from Belfort because so much, because of the fact that you're in the Upper Peninsula and it's not like there's everything you're doing is shipping, you know, whereas there's other retail yards I know that do a lot of walk in business, a lot of local business, and maybe 20% of what they sell
0: is shipped. You guys are like on the speed dial preferred list now. And we'll do whatever we can to get that shipping cost down for our customers, so that's uh it's something that we work on yeah and the, the more efficient we can get in with our shipping
2: process with our order filling and order pulling and packaging and um you know because there's a lot more that goes into it than just grabbing a board and it's magically shipped obviously
1: yeah and you know, stuff. wrapping it up and packaging it is a yeah. totally yeah. other yeah. i hated Protecting, that yeah. <laughs> i hated that part of things yeah yeah, I've got many, many a bruises from dropping 60-pound packages that, you know, you're trying to wrap it and it falls off the sawhorse and hits you in the shin. And, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. How many people do you guys employ here? We have uh, 11 total. Still. But still a small operation for, you know, the, the service we're seeing. And you look at the website – that's the wonderful thing about the internet. You look huge on the right. web. You know, there's just this enormous organization. It's great. That's that's fantastic. What's the future of Bell Forest? What do you want the listeners to know that that's either coming or, or what are you excited about for the next five years? Um,
2: you know, what, what we don't want to become is is the Amazon of of selling wood online in terms of the loss of quality control and customer service and accountability. And and, and so we want to, we want to have a a huge web presence. We want to be the, the place to go for shopping for wood online, but we, we want to, we want to keep it under control and, and, and and not get too big. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we want happy customers and, and, you know, and we just want to keep it manageable. Um, you know, we, we'd like to, we'd like to increase. We, we're always looking to, to 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 sell more species and offer more sizes. And um, you know, we, we, we're 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 slowly growing. Um, we're we're not taking any huge steps, or, or we don't you know want to make any, any big mistakes. But um, you know, just just keep keep on keeping on. You know, doing what Makes we're sense. doing. I mean, people are happy. We want to, um, you know, try to get more, you know, ramp up our hand-picked boards so that there's a better selection there, and, and we try to do that and, um, you know, just
0: kind of keep everything going. We want make our, our processes more efficient, too. So, like, when, you know, we're, we're at this point right now, we're still growing slowly, but if we can focus in, in different times of the year to make shipping more efficient or make listing hand pick boards more efficient or cutting uh cutting stock sizes more efficient like that's a big part of what we want to do because then we can still grow without having to lose that that customer service and that quality control and right that's very important to us
1: do you have a greater on site or is it just pretty much the, you know, the way that
2: you're buying I would imagine it's already library. created you right buy it all, all along we created and then after that you know grade kind of goes out the window and you start cutting it into you know right. stock sizes and yeah right
1: yeah you're down to, to to smaller bulb links how do you grade a bulb link right. you don't. yeah well guys i really appreciate it um thank you so much for your time absolutely and, um you know if people have questions they will probably contact me on the website so i may be pinging you over the next couple of weeks saying hey somebody wants to know this really exciting Glad glad to be up here and hope to buy some more wood from you in the future
2: sure yeah thanks thanks for stopping in happy to have you here.